Hey friends, how you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Tav Kuf Yud Tes, Tav 119 of Mesech Tu Friends, uh, talking interesting Tav today. My, my chair is a little squeaky today. I wonder if it's squeaky every day. I hope it doesn't come through in the recording. I haven't noticed it. Anyways, today's exciting because we're starting the last parak of Mesech Tu Givaldig. Um, yeah, it's talking interesting daf. Uh, I think we should just jump in. But I mean, it's Yuvamasi kind of stuff. Yibum, Chalitza, you know, the husband died. Wellwood, you know what I mean? Kind of standard stuff, man. Yuvamas is all about just setting up the case. Although, maybe this is a little bit different. No, there, no, no there's Ruvain and Shimon and Sari and Rifka. So, you know, what do you want me to tell you? Friends, let's get started all the way at the top of Kufyud Tesum Muralif. Last parak of Masech to Yavamis. Here we go. How many dafa left? Kuf Yutes, Kuf Chof, Kuf Chof Aleph, Kuf Chof Beis. This is the fourth to last dafa of Masech to Yavamis. Friends, are you going to miss Masech to Yavamis? Are you going to miss Masech to Yavamis? I'll leave you with that question. Now let's begin. Ha'isha Shalach Bailevit Sarasalim Dina Sayom. Ooh-wah. 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 Okay, no, let's set it up. Sarah is married to Reuven. Sarah has a Tzara, Sarah has a co-wife. Rivka, Reuven and Rivka go traveling someplace. Okay, so Aisha, Sarah, Sharlach Bailevit Tzara, that Reuven and Rivka went, they went traveling someplace. I'm traveling someplace soon. I'm not sure if I'm going to tell my mom yet. The thing is that she she uh, she listens to Babylon Talmud, so so whatever I say here, she knows, and then she writes to me about it in WhatsApp. Also, it's it's good that my mom listens to Babylon Talmud because whenever I share things about like different funny things from like my family, so she knows who to disperse it to. So she just sent me a message today that she she sent my uncle Josh that you know he has to listen to the thing about the ice cream, and then. With the menorah from Holtz the other week, she sent it out to those people that they should know that I was talking about how they don't speak Yiddish. Not like I speak Yiddish either, but uh, so then they were all joking about it and everybody gets to have their little jokes. <laughs> okay, everyone should have their little jokes. That's good. Friends, we're not joking here. We're being serious. So you have Sore and her husband Ruvain and her co-wife Rivke they went traveling someplace. Uh, oh, that would be funny. Maybe I actually won't tell my mom that I'm traveling somewhere. She'll just like send me a message in WhatsApp like, hey, where are you going? Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll just wait for my mom to send me in WhatsApp like, oh, where are you traveling to? Okay, that's what I'm going to do, friends. All right? Don't tell my mom. <laughs> and then they come back and they say, um, that Ruvain died. Okay. Now the thing is, there's also Shimon. Okay. Ruvain's got a brother Shimon. Now here's the thing. She can't um, do Yibum with Shimon and she also can't get remarried. Why? That? Why? She cannot get remarried. Well, because Ruvain doesn't have any kids and therefore she would have to do Yibum. Okay, but here's the thing. What if while 
Reuven and Rivka were away, Rivka got pregnant. Sarah doesn't know. She wasn't on the trip. Reuven and Rivka went away. Maybe Rivka got pregnant. If Rivka's, if Rivka's pregnant, that means she's going to have a baby. If she has a baby, so then Reuven has progeny. If Reuven has progeny, then there's no Yibum. If there's no Yibum, she can't marry Shimon. And if she does, it's an Erva. So she's a shtickle stuck. On the one hand, when Sara and, when Rivka and Ruvain left on their trip, there were no kids for Ruvain, which means that based on that, she would have to do Yibum with Ruvain, with Shimon. But at the same time, how do we, maybe when, maybe on their trip, Rivka got pregnant. If Rivka's pregnant, then there is no Yibum with, with, uh, Shimon. So she can't get remarried because maybe she has to Yibum, but she can't do Yibum because maybe Rivka's pregnant. So, 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 so if um, Rivka and Ruvain went traveling someplace, Uvalva Amrullah, and then, you know, witnesses come and they say, She can't get remarried because, you know, she has to do Yibum. But she also can't do Yibum either because what if Rivka's pregnant? She shouldn't be doing Yibum. Until she knows, you know, what the status is. With Rivka, so that, you know, she knows if she can get, re- if, you know, what she should do. Remarry, Yibum. Hoysalochamos. Okay. What if, uh, Sarah has a mother-in-law, um, in some, in some place. Right? Oh, one second. What? Wait, so, is it, does this even have to be talking about where they went on a trip? One second. Hoysalochamos in a choshashas. Hmm. Okay. Wait, who's this talk? Excuse me, one second. I need to look up something. Okay, fine. So basically, the, the, so the case over here is that Sarah has a mother-in-law. Now, the mother-in-law can have children. So now Sarah is married to Reuven. Reuven does not have a brother, Shimon. There's no brother. Reuven also doesn't have any kids. So if Reuven dies, so then Sarah can get remarried because there's no Shimon to do Yibum with. But what if Ruvain's mother, Sarah's mother-in-law, lives in some far-off place? And, you know, it's not like there's a FaceTime or anything where you can talk all the time and know if she's having a baby. How do you know? Maybe maybe the mother-in-law, maybe Ruvain's mother, had a baby boy. In which case, Ruvain now has a brother, Shimon. In which case, Sarah does need to, does need to do Yibum. So, Haisula Chamos... What if Sarah has a mother-in-law who's capable, who's able to have uh, children? Right? She doesn't have to... Sarah, if Ruvain dies, Sarah doesn't have to be concerned. But what if Ruvain's mother had a baby and now there's Yibam? No, she doesn't have to be concerned. But if uh, the mother-in-law came to visit and when she left to go to wherever she lives, it was, you know, she was pregnant. Well, in that case, we have to be concerned that she gave birth to, to a yingle and that... Um, there is a Shimon. Rabbi Yoshua Omer Rabbi Yoshua says no. Even if when the mother-in-law went to wherever she was going, she was already pregnant, still we do not have to be concerned that there's a brother because, you know, it happens that women miscarry. And then even when women, you know, do give birth to uh, healthy children, 50% are boys, 50% are girls. So, Kilu, between the number of women who miscarry and the women who... Uh, 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 give birth, 50% of boys, 50% of girls, what, what ends up happening is mathematically speaking, 
less than 50% of pregnancies uh, result in boys. And therefore, says Rabbi Shua, we don't actually have to be concerned that uh, Reuven has a brother, Shimon, and that um, Sarah would have to do Yibum. So it says Rabbi Yeshua that she would be able, that Sarah would be able to get remarried. Now, my heat Sarah also, when the Mishnah says, right, heat also. Right? We said in the ratio of the Mishnah that if Ruven and Rivka go traveling someplace and then they find, and Sarah finds out that Ruven is gestorben, so then, um, Sarah cannot get remarried until she finds out, right, heat also. Maybe her Sarah, maybe Rivka is Taka pregnant. So it says, my heat Sarah. So what does it mean? She, the Tsara. Just say Tsara. So what's heat Sarah? So Akamashman, the hot Sarah, who the Hashinon, that we only have to be concerned that maybe Rivka is pregnant. We don't have to be concerned that maybe Ruvain married another woman also when he was traveling and there's some other co-wife now and maybe she's pregnant. No, just the, the, the co-wife that Ruvain left with. Rivka. So we say that um, Sarah cannot get married because, you know, as far as we know, she has to do Yibam. But she also can't do Yibam because what if Rivka is pregnant? So... So I understand why Sarah would not do Yibum with Shimon because the Dilma Miabra, because what if Rivka is pregnant? If um, Rivka is pregnant, so then that means that Ruvain's going to have a ba- going to have a child. And if he has a child, then there's no Yibum. And if there's no Yibum, and Sarah and Shimon do what they think is Yibum, she is sleeping with, um, uh, essentially, Eishasach. And uh, that's an Isidoraisa. So I understand why she shouldn't do Yibum. Elotinose amai. But why can she not get married? Let's say that the majority of women, i.e. we're talking about Rivka in this case, let's say that, that the majority of women get pregnant and give birth to babies. And therefore, we can we should assume that Rivka got pregnant and Rivka had a baby, or at least is pregnant with a baby. So therefore, right, and if she's pregnant, then she's going to have a baby. At least that's the majority of the cases. So therefore, the Gemara says, why don't we assume that Rivka got pregnant and is either pregnant or had a baby or is going to have a baby, in which case she should be able to get remarried. So I understand why we wouldn't do Yibum, because in the event that Rivka is pregnant, so then, you know, doing Yibum with Shimon would be Erva. But why not assume that Rivka got pregnant and is having a baby, and or had a baby, and uh, she should be able to marry whoever, right? Sorry, she should be able to marry whoever she wants. Lema Reb Meir, he dechayish lemiyuta. So the Gemara says, well, let's say that our Mishnah is like Reb Meir, who's concerned for the underdog. He's concerned for the minority situation. Right? Even though, yes, the majority of the times, Rivka will get pregnant and have a baby. But there are times when she won't. And out of concern for the times when she won't. So, therefore, um, we have to be concerned that maybe Rivka is not having a baby, in which case, she can't get, re- Sarah cannot get remarried because then there's Yibum with Shimon and we just don't know 
if uh, you know we don't know what the status of Rivka is, and therefore we have to be concerned about the minority situation, which is that Rivka will not be having a baby. Okay. Afilutema Rabbanon, to which the Gemara says, well, you don't have to limit it to Reb Meir. You can even say it's the opinion of the rabbis who, gener- who, who do hold of going after the majority, going after the rove. But nonetheless, over here, they would not say that. That when the rabbis say that we go based on the majority, that is a major, an objective majority, a majority that is in front of us. For example, if there are 10 stores, 9 of them sell, sell kosher meat, uh, 1 of them sells uh, non-kosher meat, and you find a piece of meat outside, so called the parish, Meruba parish, we assume that it came from the majority, we could see, right? Nine uh, stores have a hechsher, one doesn't. It's, it's, a, it's a clear majority that's in front of our eyes. Visanedre, as well as a sanedrin katana, right? For example, if uh, you know a fellow commits murder, so as we'll learn in Masechta Sanhedrin, that uh, there's a, uh, a bezdin of 23 judges, and we go based on the majority. If 12 say innocent and 11 say guilty, so we go based on the majority, right? 12 against 11, that's a majority that's right in front of us. Avaruba de Lesa Kamon, but by a, by a, you know, a subjective majority or a majority that isn't, you know, objectively in front of us, for example, to say that most women give birth to babies. So, I mean, okay, maybe we could say it sounds right, but it's not like, uh, you know, the nine stores that have the kosher certificate on the window, right? That's objectively in front of us. This is more conjecture. Lo Azle Rabbonon. One second. Did I read that right? One second. I think I read that right. Why not? Right. So if it's a ruba de lesa common, if it's a ruba that's not in front of us, so then the rabbis will not go based on the majority in that case. But one second. Friends, what about a cotton in a katana? A young fellow. And a young fella, the ruba de lesa kamon who he, it's a majority that isn't in front of us. Basli rabban and basaruba, and yet the rabbis go based on the majority. What are we talking about? The tanis we learn in the brayso. Kainuktana, a young fellow and a young fella. Lo chotzim v'lo miyabim. They don't do chalitza. They don't do yibum. Tiv Reb Meir. That's the opinion of Reb Meir. Amlo le Reb Meir. They said to Reb Meir. Yofe Omarta shein chotzim. I understand Reb Meir why you're saying that the young fellow and the young fella. Don't do chalitza ish ksev b'parsha makshin ish al ish because it says in the parsha of chalitza it says ish. What is it supposed to say? Vim liach botzah ish lo kachas asivimto. It says it says a grown up fellow, an adult fellow, and therefore it has to be an adult, not a minor. And makshin ish al ish, we compare women to men, and therefore just like uh, 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 by boys they have to be adults, by girls oichet they have to be adults, to the exclusion of a young fellow and a young fellow. But how come, right, the rabbis say to Reb Meir, I don't understand. How come a young fellow and a young fella can't do Yibum? So Reb Meir says, well, what if the young fellow turns out to be a Kistrato? What if a young fella turns out to be an Ilonis, a Kistratala? In which case, they ended up being an erva, right? So if the young fellow is a castrato, turn, right, turns out later to be a castrato, or if the young fella turns out later to be a castratala, 
So then, so then, so then what happened? So then it was, it was uh, erva because it wasn't uh, a, a, a union that would result in a child for the deceased. So, right, to be a name for the deceased. So therefore, Reb Meir says, we have to be concerned about the castrato and the castrato. Rabbonin Savi Zubasaruba Diktanim Rav Katanim Lav Sri Seninu. So the rabbis say to Reb Meir, Meh. They say, Reb Meir, Meh. Um, we don't need to be concerned about a young fellow being a castrato because Zil Basaruba, let's go based on the majority. Virov Katanim Lav Sri Seninu. Most young fellows are not going to be castrados. Go based on young fellas. And most young fellas are not going to end up being castradalas. And therefore, no. So we see that even in this case of the young fellows and the young fellas, the rabbis are willing to go based on the majority, even though it's not a majority, an objective majority that's in front of us. For example, the nine stores that have their Tudat Kashrut on the window. And the one that doesn't, here it's more kilu, you know, look, uh, it seems more conjecture to assume that most young fellows will not be castrados. I mean, sounds right. Um, and nonetheless, the rabbis are willing to go based on that rove, even though it's not an objective rove that's in front of us. Therefore, it makes sense to say that the Mishnah is Taka Reb Meir. And um, that is why uh, Sarah cannot get remarried because we have to be concerned for the minority situation, which is that maybe Rivka is not pregnant and will not be having a baby, um, and therefore she cannot, Sarah cannot get remarried because in that case she has to do Yibu. Fine. So then the Gemara says, "Wait a second. Wait a second. We're saying that this mission is Reb Meir Ema Seifa. What about the second part of the mission? What does it say, Darin? If Sarah, right, so Sarah is married to Ruvain, Ruvain is Gestorben. There's a mother-in-law. We don't need to be concerned that maybe the mother-in-law gave birth to a yingle and that Sarah now has to do Yibum with Shimon, who was just born. But am I? Why don't we have to be concerned? Why don't we go based after most women? And most women give birth and have children. And therefore, why can't we assume that the mother-in-law, Taka, is going to get pregnant, right? Or got pregnant and had a baby. And Ruven now is a brother Shimon. Miut mapilos. Now a minority of women will miscarry. Vicholayodos mechtas and those who those women who do have babies, fifty percent of them are going to be boys, fifty percent of them are going to be girls. Smoch miuta de mapilos lemechtsanikevos. Now if we you know you know if we take all the pregnancies that happen and we say look some of them are going to be miscarriages. Some of them are going to be girls. Some of them are going to be boys. And we add, and we put the miscarriages and the girls uh, together. So vahavle zchar miuta, which makes the 
boys, a minority, right? A minority of pregnancies will result in boys. And therefore, um, and therefore, because there is a, um, right, and therefore, the mission is saying that because there is a minority, right, meaning that we don't need to be concerned that the mother-in-law gave birth to a brother for Ruvain because the chances of her pregnancy resulting in a boy is less than 50%. The Gemara says, Vilechush, right? And therefore, Reb Meir should be concerned, right? Meaning, if we're saying that the Mishnah is Reb Meir, who is concerned about the minority situations, right? And that's why in the Reisha, he's concerned that maybe Rivka is not going to have a baby. And therefore, she would have to do Yibam with Shimon, but we just can't say for sure, and therefore she's basically stuck, and Sarah can't get married, nor can she do Yibam. So we're saying that the ratios of Meir was Choshesh Tamyuta, so in the Seifa as well, by the mother-in-law. We're saying that we don't have to be concerned that, that she gave birth to, to Ruvain's brother. But, um, why not? Why not? Why not? Shouldn't we be concerned that, you know, the mother-in-law got pregnant? And, 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 you know, even if in a minority of the situations that pregnancy will result in a boy to a brother of Reuven, nonetheless, we have to, if it's Reb Meir, we should be, we should be, we should take into consideration the minority of situations. And therefore, we should be, we should be concerned that maybe Reuven has a brother, Shimon. Why are we saying that there's no concern? And for the Gemara, Dilma came in the Ichzika Lishuk Lo To which the Gemara says, well, in the Seifa, the Chazaka is that there's no brother, right? Sarah is married to Reuven. Reuven doesn't have a brother, Shimon. The mother-in-law went traveling someplace. Reuven dies. As far as we know, we don't know that Reuven has a brother, Shimon. When the mother-in-law left, she wasn't pregnant or anything like that. So therefore, the Chazaka is that if Reuven were to die... Sarah would be able to get remarried, and therefore, that is why in the Sefer we're not concerned that um, Reuven has a brother, Shimon, because the Chazaka is that uh, there is no Shimon and that Sarah can get remarried. But if that's the case, Reisha, the Chazak Li'ibum, Tisyabim. But then we should say that in the Reisha, when um, Rivka and Reuven went on some trip, now, when Rivka and Reuven left, Reuven didn't have any children. And Reuven has a brother, Shimon. So the Chazaka, when Reuven and Rivka went on their trip, was that if something were to happen to Reuven and he dies, so Sarah would have to do Yibum. So then, if we're saying that the Chazaka, that we go based on the Chazaka, well, the Chazaka was that when Reuven and Rivka left, if anything were to happen to Reuven, Sarah would have to do Yibum with Shimon. So why don't we say that when we find out that Reuven's Gestorben, that Sarah should ha- that Sarah should have to do Yibum with um, Shimon. How can we say that she can't do Yibum with Shimon? So Omar of Nachman Omar Rabbi Baravua Reisha the Iser Kares Choshishu Sefer the Iser Lav Lo Choshishu. So Rav Nachman says in the name of Rabbi Baravua that well the Chazaka in the Reisha is that she should have to do Yibum with Shimon. But it's risky, playing with fire, shtickle. Because if it turns out that Rivka is pregnant, well then she's um, she just did Yibam with Shimon, who she shouldn't have, and that's a chiyuv karis.
I mean, shogeg, so I guess maybe korban khatas, whatever it is, but, but meaning, right, you're, you're messing with a situation where there's a chiyuv karis. Whereas in the seifa, whereas in the seifa, um, what's the chazaka? The ch- we're saying that the chazaka is that Reuven does not have a brother, and therefore, she can go and get married, and if it turns out that the mother-in-law did give birth to a, to a, to a brother of Reuven's, so she was over on a lav, right? She was supposed to do yibum, but she got married, right? And it says, uh, It's a lav. So she violated a lav. So therefore, you know, when, when the ratio, when the stakes of the chazaka are that she'll be violating an iser karis, an iser that has a chiyu of karis associated with it, that we don't want to mess with. But in the seifa, where if she gets remarried, it'll be a lav. So then we're willing to go based on the chazaka and say that there's no brother and that there's no yibum. But Omar Rav, it says Rav, I don't know. I don't like the sound of that, says Rav. Michdei, adoraisa, adoraisa. They're both doraisas. I understand, you know, Eishas Ach has a chiyuv karis. And, you know, Yuvam Lashuk is just a lav. But they're both also midoraisa. Mali, uh, Mali Isr Karis, Mali Isr Lav. I mean, you know, we can't play favorites over here. Sure, this one's a more stringent uh, punishment, but at the end of the day, they're both also Midor Raisa. The, the fact that one's an Isr Karis and other's an Isr Lav should not be a reason to take one less seriously than the other. Hello, my Rove. Rather says Rove, look. Reisha Chazaka Liyibum Viruba Lishuk Vichazaka Lo adif, kiruba. That if we look at the ratio, so what's the chazaka? The chazaka is that when Reuven and Rivka went on their trip, there was no babies, and there's a brother Shimon. So the chazaka is that if Reuven dies, Sarah should have to do yibum with Shimon. That's the chazaka. So that would mean that uh, Sarah and Shimon should do yibum. The rov is that chances are that in most cases. Rivka got pregnant and had a baby or is going to have a baby. Which would mean that if there's a, if Reuven has a baby, then Sarah can get married to some other person, get married to whoever she wants. So we have a Chazaka saying that she should do Yibam. We have a Rov saying that she can marry whoever she wants. Let's read that again. Reisha Chazaka Yibum The Chazaka is that Sarah should do Yibum with Shimon, but the Rov is that she should be able to marry whoever she wants. The Chazaka Loadif Kiruba. Now, a chazaka is not as strong as a rov. Therefore, if it's only the chazaka versus the rov, we would say that it's stronger, the, right? The rov is stronger, i.e. that Rivka has a baby or is going to have a baby is stronger and she should be able to marry whoever she wants. However, the icy miyuta de mapilos, but then there's the mute. There's the fact that in some situations, Rivka won't have a baby. Oh. So now if you have the Chazaka to say that Sarah should do Yibum with Shimon because there's no, right, there was no baby when Rivka and Reuven left. And there's also the mute that even if Rivka got um, um, pregnant, she might have a miscarriage, in which case there will be no baby. So you have the, the, the Chazaka and the mute on the one hand, and then you have the rove that most, that, that most of the times Rivka would get pregnant and have a baby. So you have the rov, which is stronger than a chazaka, but it's a rov against a chazaka plus a mute. Right? So I see mute to the mapilo smoch chazaka and pair that up with the chazaka of avli palga ufalga 
lo tinosiv lo tisyavim, and therefore it's basically 50-50, right? That, um, um, you know, there's a rove. You know, on the one end we're saying that based on the rove, she should be able to get remarried. On the other end, based on the chazaka and the mute, she should be, she should have to do yibum. And they basically, it's half and half, 50-50, they cancel each other out. She can't get remarried. She can't do yibum either. Now, um, Seifa, Chazaka Lishuk, Viruba Lishuk, Favele Zuchar, Miuta Demuta, Miuta Demuta Lochai Shubmer. Now, the, the, the Seifa, what are all the examples that we have in the Seifa? So, in the Seifa, um, Ruvain does not have a brother Shimon. So, the Chazaka is that if Ruvain were to die, Sarah would not have, to, would have nobody to do Yibim with. There's no Shimon. So, the Chazaka is that there's no Yibim. Now, um, if we now think about the mother-in-law who might have a baby, but even, right, A, she might have a miscarriage. And if she does have a baby, 50% chance it's a girl. So between the fact that some women miscarry and the fact that the right, women who do give birth to a baby, 50% of them are girls, basically in less than 50% of the uh, of pregnancies, the, the result is a boy. And therefore, you know, the, the, the chances that um, 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 Ruvain now as a brother is also a mi'ut, right? The rove would be that it is not that the pregnancy, that it, even if the mother-in-law gets pregnant, it will not result in a boy. So therefore we have a chazaka saying that, well, when you know, as far as we know, there's no shimon. So the chazaka is that there's no brother and that Sarah does not need to do yibum. We also have a rove, which is that even if the mother-in-law does get pregnant, the result will be either a miscarriage or a girl. The mute, the minority, less than 50%, is that it's a boy. So you have a mute versus a rove and a chazaka, which makes the, the zharm a miuta de miuta, right? It's, a, it's not just a regular mute, it's like a double mute, and therefore Remeir would not say we go based on that, and that is why in the Seifa, he says that um, she can get um, remarried because you know the, the 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 chances are too slim that uh, she would actually have to do yibum. So we can say that the mission is entirely Reb Meir, and in the first part uh, she can't get married based on the fact that we're and that comes together with the chazaka. Um, but in the seifa um, she can get remarried because you know there we we don't need to be concerned that maybe there's a brother to do yibum with. Lo tinase velo tisyabim. Okay, fine. So we say that uh, in the Reisha, she's unable to um, uh, get married because maybe Rivka is pregnant. And she also can't do Yibum because, um, I'm sorry, she's unable to get married because maybe she needs to do Yibum with Shimon. She's also unable to do Yibum though because maybe Rivka is pregnant. So now, Fekta Gemara, Ulaolam Amr Ziri Le'atzma Shlosha Chodashim. Now, Ziri says, look. Ziri says, look. Look, look, look. There's solutions over here. There are solutions over here. There are solutions over here, says Ziri. She, Sara, her husband left. So it's possible that she, Sara, could have gotten pregnant before the husband, before Ruben left on his trip. So for her, she should wait three months. After three months, she'll know if she's pregnant or not. So the Olam Amaziri, the Asma Shlosha Chodashim, she should wait three months for herself to make sure that she's not pregnant or to know if she's pregnant or not. Now, for Rivka, 
wait nine months. Now, after nine months, something would have happened, right? Either she would have had a baby or not have a baby. If she has a baby, so then um, Sarah does not need to do Yibum. If she doesn't have a baby, then Sarah does need to do Yibum. So now, just wait essentially nine months, vicholetzes, and then do chalitza with Shimon, right? Because just in case Rivka did not have a baby, so just do chalitza. Mimonavshah, right? Uh, and then, uh, right, then just do chalitza. And uh, then she can get remarried, right? Meaning, just wait nine months. By then, Rivka either had a baby or didn't have a baby. Do chalitza just in case Rivka didn't have a baby and she has to do even with Shimon, so just do chalitza. If Rivka did have a baby, so there was no need for chalitza, but Pesedo, you did it anyways. Now, once we have that behind us, Sarah can now go, get, go and get remarried. Now, um, Says Rebchanina, look, while she could wait three months to know if she's pregnant, and I guess if she's pregnant, so then Mimele, there's no Yibum. But Lechaverta Laolam. But uh, for the co wife, uh, she really can't, there's really nothing that she could do about it, right? Meaning, I guess if she, Sara, turns out to not be pregnant, so then, you know, if, if she doesn't know what the status is with, um, Rivka, if she had a baby or not, well then she'll be right. Sorry, will be unable to get remarried nor do yibum. But the Gemara says, but why not just do like Ziri says, just do chalitza after nine months, and then you know if there was a baby, so then you did, uh, so then there was no, you know, there was no need, but you did it anyways. And if there was no baby, so then you did chalitza. So Abayi Barav and Rabbi Hanina Avin say, well, in the event that Rivka did in fact give a baby, uh, give birth to a baby, well in that case then Sarah had no need to do chalitza with Shimon, which means that the chalitza that she did is irrelevant, which means that Sarah can now marry a Kohen if she wants. But she won't be able to marry a coin because there were people who saw the chalitza, the Yentis, you know, of course the Yentis know about every single chalitza that happens. So the Yentis know about the chalitza. And therefore, you know, while technically speaking, the chalitza was irrelevant, but the Yentis don't know that. And in order to allow Sarah to marry a coin, we would have to make like a whole announcement and it's like a whole thing. So therefore, to avoid the situation where if Rivka... Uh, does have a baby and then we'll have to do a whole thing to like make sure that the Yentists know that uh, that Sarah is allowed to marry a coin. So to avoid that we say that Sarah should just never ever get married. But one second, who cares? So we'll have to make an announcement. Make an announcement. What's the big deal? Well, what if there were people who were at the Chalitza? So the Yentists, right, they know that... Um, Sarah did chalitza with Shimon, but they didn't hear the announcement. Okay, it's most chalitza is much more interesting, right? It's much more juicy to know that Sarah did chalitza than to know that um, she didn't need to do chalitza. And then they're gonna say the yentis are gonna not know about the announcement, and they're gonna think that Sarah is marrying a koyin, uh, even though she's a chalitza, which of course is not the case. But they just didn't hear the announcement, and therefore to avoid that. We say that um, Sarah uh, says Rabbi um, Chanina that Sarah would be unable to get 
um, remarried until she knows what happened with Rivka. Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah, Nitan li bein b'mdina sayom, ve'omer meiz b'ni v'achar kach ba'li ne'emenes. Right? We learned in a Mishnah earlier, that if Ruvain and Sarah go on some trip, and when they left, there was no offspring, Ruvain didn't have any offspring, which means that the Chazaka was that she would have to do Yibam. Sarah comes back and says, look, while I was away, I had a baby, but the baby died and then Ruvain died, which means that at the time Ruvain died, he didn't have any children, so I still need to do Yibam. So she's believed because nothing changed. When she left, she had a chazaka to do Yibam. Now she has to do Yibam. Nothing changed. But if she says that I gave birth to a baby, but then my husband died, and when he died, my son was still alive, and then my son died, and therefore it's making a change, right? When she left, there was a chazaka that she would have to do chalitza, but now she's making an argument that her husband died, and then the son, which means that she does not have to do chalitza. So, ain't an menace. She's not believed. But we have to be concerned that maybe, um, um, that, uh, um, you know, maybe really the husband did die. So we say, look, just do chalitza, don't do, right? Maybe the child died after the husband. So they say, look, just do chalitza and don't do yibim. But one second. But what if, you know, if we're concerned about the yentis, so what if later on witnesses come and say that, what Sarah says is correct. That Ruvain died, and then the Yingle died, and then the baby died, which means that she really did not have to do Chalitza. And then we're going to get into, into problems with, um, you know, marrying Kohanim. Which means that then we're going to require, in order for Sarah to be able to marry Kohen, we're going to have to make an announcement that the Chalitza was really irrelevant. And then, you know, we run into issues with the Yentis. Um, her, papa, Begrusha, her papa says, well, the truth is that Sarah was already divorced before marrying Reuven, which means that she was already not allowed to marry a Kohen in of Shach. So therefore, it's really not a big deal in this case. Rav Chia Brei, Derefuna Omar, Be'omra Anibu, Nechbeinu Be'mayre. Rav Chia Brei, Derefuna says, it's the situation where Sarah says, look, I gave birth to this baby, but we were in a cave the whole time. There's nobody else around. So nobody's going to come and testify that it was like I said, so therefore there's there's no problem doing um, chalitza in that case because, you know, nobody's ever going to, uh, there's no way for anybody to find out that really she didn't need to do chalitza. So therefore, you know, um, we're just going to assume that she's a chalitza. Fine. Says the next Mishnah, Yevamis, you have two Yevamis. Okay. Zo omeris meiz baili, zo omeris meiz baili, zo asurim pnei baili zo, Friends, oh, what's this case? Gotta set up the case. <laughs> Mamish told the last daf of Mesech the Yavamas was setting up cases. Ruven and Shimon are brothers. Ruven is married to Sarah. Shimon is married to Rivka. Sarah and Rivka are not sisters. Now, Sarah says, my husband Ruven dies. Rivka says, my husband Shimon died. Okay, fine. So now, of course, we know that Sarah is believed, right? Sarah is believed that uh, Ruvain's dead. Rivka is believed that Shimon's dead. Here's the thing. We learned two days ago that, that you know, potential, right, the Yavamas, right, the wife of your Yavam, i.e., you know, Sarah is the wife of Shimon, who is, no, um, uh, Rivka is the wife of Shimon, who is Sarah's Yavam. 
right? So we can't, right? Sarah can't testify for, well, Rivka can't testify for Sarah and vice versa. Sarah can't testify for Rivka either. So therefore, while they're believed that, um, while they are believed that their husbands are dead, but they're not believed about each other, right? So meaning, so what do we have? So we believe Sarah that Ruvain's dead. So what? So then she has to do Yibam with Shimon. Now, Rivka says that Shimon is dead. So we believe Rivka that Shimon is dead with regard to her, but we don't believe her testimony with regard to Sarah. So we can't say, so meaning, Sarah says Ruvain is dead. So what does she have to do? She has to marry Shimon. Now, what's the status of Shimon? Well, as far as Sarah is concerned, Shimon's alive. Rivka says he's dead, but Rivka's testimony doesn't work for Sarah because they're Yavamas. So therefore, Sarah says that Reuven is dead. She needs to do even with Shimon. As far as we're concerned, vis-a-vis Sarah, Shimon's alive. We don't know where he is, but she has to do even. We have to assume that Shimon's alive, and she has, and she, you know, she can't marry anybody else until uh, she does even more chalitza with Shimon. We don't know where Shimon is. Rivka says Shimon's dead. We believe her with regard to the fact that now Rivka needs to do Yibam. The things we don't know where Ruvain is, and Sarah says that Ruvain's dead, but we can't trust Sarah with regard to Rivka. So basically they're stuck, right? So again, um, So you have Sarah and Rivka. Sarah says that Ruvain's dead, and Rivka says Shimon is dead. Sarah can't marry anybody else because she has to even with Shimon. We don't know where Shimon is. And Rivka can't marry anybody else because she has to do even with Ruven, and we don't know where Ruven is. Now, what if Sarah has witnesses that her husband Ruven is died, is dead? Rivka does not have witnesses that Shimon is dead. So, Sarah has witnesses that Ruven is dead. But Rivka does not have witnesses that Shimon is dead. So we don't know that Shimon is dead. Therefore, Sarah is basically stuck. But because Sarah brought witnesses that Ruvain is dead, so Rivka, who's saying that Shimon is dead and now needs to do Yibum, but she, Rivka can assume that Ruvain is dead because Sarah brought two witnesses who said that he's dead. Lazo bonim, vilazo ain bonim. If um, Sarah has children, or no, really, if Ruven has children, but Shimon does not have any children. So, you know, Sarah, who's married to Ruven, and they have children, so then she can marry, right? There's no Yibum, she can marry whoever she wants. But Rivka, who doesn't have any children with Shimon, so she needs to do Yibum with Ruven, but um, we don't know where Ruven is, so she's stuck. Now, what if there is Ruven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda? Right, so uh, Sarah is married to Ruvain. Rivka is married to Shimon. Sarah says Ruvain's dead. Rivka says Shimon's dead. Sarah does Yibam with Levi. Rivka does Yibam with Yehuda. Okay, so again, so Nisyabmu, so if they did Yibam, Sarah married Levi. Rivka married Yehuda. Nisyabmu um, Vameso Ayyuvamen. And then Levi and Yehuda die. So again, we go back to square one. Levi and Yehuda are dead. Um, Sarah can't get married because she needs to do even with 
Shimon. Rivka can't get remarried because she needs to do even with Ruvain. We don't know where Ruvain is. We don't know where Shimon is. So therefore, they're basically stuck. Rabbi says, look, once we're, uh, you know, assuming that Ruvain is dead to allow Sara to marry her brother-in-law Levi, once we're believing Rivka that Shimon is dead to allow her to marry her brother-in-law Yehuda, so then uh, once we're believing them that their husbands are dead to allow them to marry Asia, to, you know, marry their uh, husband's brother, so then um, we, we can allow them, we can assume that their husbands are dead and we know that Levi and Yehuda are dead and um, they can marry other people. Tanu, uh, Tana says the Gemara, Lazo edim uvanim v'lazo lo edim v'lobanim shtein mutaros. If Sara has witnesses that Reuven is dead, now she also has children with Reuven. Now Rivka does not have um, uh, witnesses that Shimon is dead. She also doesn't have any children with Shimon. So both of them are permitted, right? Sarah is permitted because she has children with Reuven. So Reuven has children. She doesn't need to do Yibam. Rivka is permitted because Sarah brought two witnesses um, that Reuven is dead. And therefore, we trust Rivka that Shimon is dead. And we also can assume based on the witnesses that Reuven is dead. And therefore, Sarah, uh, Rivka does not need to do Yibam either. Friends, that was... Um, Daf Kufiutes of Mesechta Yivamis. It was kind of an interesting daf, uh, I think. Right? We talked about the, the concept, the machlokes between Rameir and the Chacham of Do you have to be Lemiut? The Chacham say that you can just go based on the rove, whether this is a rove that's objective in front of us, like a bunch of stores. Some are kosher, right? Most are kosher, some are not. Um, you know, or nine and one, whatever it is. Um, whether it's in fr- uh, that kind of a rove, or whether it's a conjecture, such as most. Kitanim and Kitanos are not Ilonises or Sarises. Whereas Rav Meir says we have to be concerned about um, um, uh, mutes, minority situations, but um, my, you know, highly right, minorities of minorities we do not need to be concerned about. For example, if the Chazaka is that she doesn't have to do Yibum, and then the Rove is that um, she probably, uh, the mother-in-law probably did not give birth to a boy. We don't have to be concerned about the sort of minority of the minority opinion, which is that the mother-in-law gave birth to a boy, um, and therefore she wouldn't have to do Yibam in that case. Um, we saw Machlokas between Zeiri and Rab Hanina about... Was it Zeiri and Rab Hanina? Um, yeah. About, you know, can you just wait? Uh, you know, can Sarah, whose husband and, and, and co-wife uh, went away, um, can she just kind of wait enough time that the co-wife could have theoretically had a baby and then just do chalitza? Um, Zairi says yes. Rabchanin is concerned that if she does chalitza, then, then the yentis could get con- concerned and that would be a problem. And then we saw another mission at the end about just kind of different cases uh, where we have to be, uh, you know, where, where we have to figure out if the uh, wives can do yibum or chalitza or whatever. Friends, that was the Afkufi Tessim, Masech Tivam, Masopin Peace out.